Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Norm Corrington is almost entirely about professional wrestling. Uh, if you listen to the show with Norm, you know we both enjoy the art that happens inside the squared circle in and around it. Uh, I thought this would be a great time to talk to Norm because he was just announced as uh, one of the people behind Pro Wrestling Sheet. Uh, it's powered by Collider. Uh, it's a new gig for Norm. That is awesome. So congrats to Norm. I'm glad he's back on the show. He hasn't been on the show in a long time. Unfortunately, uh, Norm was also on the show the night of Brexit, so I will always associate one of the two worst things that happened in 2016 with Norm, so hopefully this does not jinx anything that's going to happen in the next two weeks in the United States. But thankfully, um, because I'm a wrestling fan, I don't believe in luck. I just know that things are predetermined, like COVID, and that is why we now have a Patreon account. Please go to you, me, them, everybody.com on the About page to consider donating to that. Uh, it's also in this podcast description. It's in every podcast description since this all began. Uh, like I said before, Norman and I spent the night of Brexit together. That was at a live show at a beautiful theater in Washington, D.C. at the Kennedy Center. Uh, we used to throw shows in bars. Norman's been on a lot of those shows in bars. And at those shows, uh, people would offer to buy me drinks, and I would always say, no, thank you, because the bar would take care of us. Well, there is no bar anymore. That's also a reference to Seamus and Cesaro. Anyways, consider donating a drink a month. That's what you would have spent at the show. You probably would have. No one ever came to Yumi, them, everybody, and bought a drink. I'd say on average, 3.5 drinks. So one drink, you could probably do that. If not, I completely understand. Here's the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Congratulations. I haven't spoke to you since you became a dad. I know. I haven't spoken to you since uh, this decade decided to be a pandemic. So how has your COVID decade been? Um, Not too bad, you know. We haven't... I mean, our, our routines didn't really change that drastically, thankfully. Um, and we've been staying safe. So, yeah, no, no major issues so far. Obviously, Kelly works at a dispensary, so... Mm-hmm she's considered an essential service um but they they seem to be the, the store she works at seems to be handling everything pretty well so we're recording um, right now so if you feel uncomfortable don't answer this but like how often are you high at this point is it every day is it every minute <laughs> yeah every day okay. <laughs> yeah maybe not every minute but uh certainly every day yeah by the time monday night raw's on or smackdown or AEW, are you high i'm high enough to think that it isn't as bad as everyone else does. Perfect transition for your new gig. Congrats on the new gig. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. So now you're part of Collider. You're going to be running Wrestling Sheet. Um, yeah, Pro Wrestling Sheet. Yeah, that's so Collider. Um, Pro Wrestling Sheet was started by uh, a former TMZ journalist named Ryan Satin about five or six years ago. He sold it to Collider, the sort of digital media entertainment news uh, website. Uh, and he continued to run it until basically a couple of weeks ago when he took a job at Fox Sports covering WWE uh, and is now kind of unaffiliated with Pro Wrestling Sheet. And so they were looking for someone to kind of take it over. Uh, and I had freelanced for him quite a lot in the past. Um, and so, yeah, I think they, they, they settled on me. <laughs> Which makes me think that you are watching the product. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not well now. So before before they they got in touch, I definitely wasn't watching as much as I am now that I know that I'm going to have to be covering it. So yeah. there would like I, on Wednesdays, I would I, I I had settled on watching Dynamite, mm-hmm. 
instead of NXT. And now I'm going to start having Dynamite on the TV and NXT on the iPad. So kind of trying to watch them simultaneously and just keeping an eye on, you know, any newsworthy stories that come through and stuff. So I'm pretty um, sure I'm like the majority of uh, people that dropped off almost completely after Mania. That tends to happen, yeah. You get like, um, yeah, a lot of people will dip in around Royal Rumble and then watch until Mania, and then once Mania is finished, they will dip out. And I think that was especially true this year, yeah, when they were struggling through not having a crowd and just trying to figure out, like, re- like WrestleMania probably should not have happened because it was just a weird. It was just such a weird experience. Well, there was no crowd. I loved it. I think it might have been my favorite (laughs) WrestleMania overall because it has my favorite match overall, which is Cena versus The Fiend. That, to me, is the perfect encapsulation of wrestling, what it could be, what it is. It had Mm -hmm. everything. All the reasons I loved Twin Peaks Season 3 was in a, Mm -hmm. like, 17-minute WWE presentation, and that's not something I ever thought I would say. Yeah, I love that too, actually. I liked that, the Cena Fiend thing a lot more um, than a lot of people did. I did. I think I actually liked that one more than the Undertaker AJ Styles match as well, which everyone was raving about. Exactly. So um, this was one of the, maybe the first time ever where WWE always says, like, this is something for everyone. Pro wrestling is something for everyone. This was something for everyone. Yeah, that's true. There was yeah. even the celebrity cameo stuff with Gronk. Like, it checked all of the boxes from a WrestleMania except the crowd yeah except it didn't have a crowd yeah so that's why i dropped off it had nothing to do with your standard um uh, mania drop-off uh, schedule i tend to prefer the summer yeah. because that's when they seem to give people like kevin owens people who i really enjoy a chance to do mm-hmm. something but this but, but the lack of crowd and then when they do uh try to have a crowd with the thunderdome i just don't like it now what are your thoughts on the thunderdome uh, I kind of hate it. I find it really distracting and I just don't really like, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess they're trying really hard to like replicate a real audience. So they have, they have it so you can see all these faces and then they're piping in crowd noise, but it just feels kind of goofy to me because at the end, they're just watching it on, on a, on a monitor like everyone else. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they're reacting to things that are happening right in front of their face. It's really, well, the yeah, thing I'm of, not. The, the difference between the <laughs> Thunderdome and the NBA bubble is, they didn't really sh- like focus or care about what the fans watching at home via the crowd were doing. Like the 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 cameras were focused on the court, but mm-hmm. the way the Thunderdome is set up, you can't not see these digital faces in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a really big a big focus on, and then also you know, not to be mean, but um, I mean I don't yeah I mean wrestling fans overall aren't necessarily the kind of group that uh. Uh, TV ready, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> some of them. Uh, so yeah, and also I don't know. I think it's kind of. I, I feel like they spent a lot of money on it, and I feel like I commend them for like trying. Um, but it doesn't really do anything for me. It's not. I find it more distracting than anything else. But then I guess I at least there's like I guess at least there's something happen- going on instead of just empty seats. Uh, so you yeah, prefer the Thunderdome to the Performance Center. I guess maybe. I mean, I, I would prefer it if they would just put like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's just because there's like colors and there's flash and it's like pretty. I don't know. It, they could put like, they could have those screens there and put just like, I don't know, 
colors on them or something or <laughs> and i would like that or like i don't know cartoon uh, audience or something like that do you not remember the mania house of horrors match between bray wyatt and randy orton Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, I remember that. That seems maybe that the faces are better than just like random graphics and colors. Yeah, oh, for sure. I was actually at that one, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was at that WrestleMania. <laughs> How was that received? That was, um, it, everyone was, I feel like it was received more negatively by people who are watching at home. Yeah. I know the people sitting near me, it wasn't that we thought it was good. It was just that it was so f- weird. We didn't know what was happening. Got it. And, and also then people, people, but people were, were really pissed off by the result because Bray lost, obviously and people were really mad at that. So um, you, the fact that before this gig, you were watching dynamite over NXT makes me think that you maybe prefer the setup that AEW is working with. Yeah, although I don't know how resp- I, don't, I don't know how responsible it is. I think they're doing the as the best they can, like trying to keep it as safe as they can. Except every time the camera like cuts to someone in the audience, like a, a crowd member mm-hmm. who isn't part of the roster, because they have like the, they have the people on the roster like are, are, are in the first few rows, mm-hmm. and then every- and then the actual fans are like spread out in little pods, I guess you call them, like uh, around the stadium. Every time they cut to one of those people every time one of them at least one of them is wearing his mask with his nose hanging out <laughs> like his dicks hanging out over his shorts you're not the first person i brought this up with i've probably brought this up to every single person that has talked about wrestling in the last like six months on this show so probably like a dozen people i am shocked that there has yet to be a wrestler that's really taking advantage of the pandemic and now wears a mask and that mask is for sale on pro wrestling tees or the wwe store no one has done that yeah, that's wild. Why? I don't know. Do you remember when um, when Moxie was still in WWE and he was yeah. Dean Ambrose and they were making him do that? Uh, he was doing getting, Bane. Yeah, he was getting he was being Bane basically. He was getting yeah. vaccinated and then he was like wearing a gas mask. Just do that. That they should do that with Moxley and have him or some or someone that Moxley's feuding with, you know, and have it so it's like it, it's that they're referencing the pandemic, but also they're like taking pot shots at WWE, I guess. There's, but yeah, there should be some the merchandise. The closest I've seen is the the people that do standard luchador masks. They do AAA and CMLL out of Mexico, and mm-hmm. they've altered the mask. So now you can buy like a, a famous, like an El Santo mask or a Blue Demon mask, but it's like mm-hmm. just the nose down, and they've closed up the formerly where there would be holes. That's yeah. the only one that's like taking a pre-existing classic look and making it suitable for the pandemic. It just, there's so much money on the table, but because this has become a political issue, I feel like everyone's shooting themselves in the face. No, yeah, I agree. There's definitely, yeah, it's definitely like a sensitive topic, I guess. And I don't know, maybe because they're all in Florida as well. They're also, these wrestling companies are so lucky that they're all in Florida. <laughs> you really want to say that and believe that? <laughs> no maybe not <laughs> you're probably the 10th person i've talked to since covid that was not born in the united states are you glad you were living in the united states you know what it's honest i think it's like it's honestly not that much yeah it's like it's a tough one i would say overall i think where i am right now it does it's, we seem to be i don't want to say doing okay but like comparatively I haven't seen a reason to panic so much. Whereas in the UK, I don't know if you've been following what's happening over there. I have. Yeah. It's kind of like very 
serious and people are talking about how bad and serious it is but also no one seems to give a shit so like they're not and then they, they keep kind of like um just flip-flopping with all these with like different restrictions and lockdowns and things and they're trying all these different ways to make to make it so that uh it's safe but also the economy doesn't crash which just isn't gonna work so like all the pubs are still open they, they, like the news is always about how there's like a record number of cases but then like you see footage of everyone just in the pub like normal it's just it's, it's wild so i'm kind of glad i don't know part of me's kind of glad i'm not there because i feel like I, I definitely feel the european attitude to it is a little bit more like shrug you know do you think that be, because you're in maybe like the third bluest city in the country <laughs> Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Although even here, like things did start opening up again and there's like uh, an area I live in North Hollywood and there's a sort of downtownish area near me where I went the other day to uh, just pick up some takeout. But they had basically turned, they had like overtaken one whole lane of traffic, traffic on either side of the street where every establishment had had its own just outdoor seating area and it was packed it was almost I, when i was walking around there i was like this it's so packed that i feel like it's almost as bad as being inside <laughs> so but, were the people that were packing the area were they all masked no because they were eating and drinking okay that's what's yeah it's weird it's like and then i guess i don't know yeah so and then the the the, the service uh staff were masked but that was it really so I'm in Tacoma Park, D.C., um, on the edge of Tacoma Park, Maryland. So the Tacoma Park downtown did this exact same thing, but the tables are distanced in a way where you never feel packed. That being said, I still don't feel comfortable enough to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we still haven't gone. We haven't gone eaten out anywhere. Um, we we meant we might be going to a coffee shop today, which has like a big outdoor like garden thing. This we is surprising to me because you and your your wife do not have kids no kids are on the horizon and there's no elderly mm -hmm. people in your life is that correct yeah we're just antisocial so, <laughs> so you're just a wrestling fan yeah, exactly <laughs> we're just stoners as well <laughs> we're a wrestling fan and she works at a weed shop <laughs> see that's the thing it's like if if i didn't have this situation if i didn't have a baby i think i'd be out yeah i think we're, we're gonna start dipping our toe that's what we're gonna we're, that's why we're talking about this coffee shop thing we're just gonna do. to be fair kelly does go and pick up her coffee from this place um it's like right near her work so mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna start dipping our toe and see see how it goes let's get back to wrestling i was yeah. completely out and oh, i shouldn't say completely out that's a lie i haven't watched anything regularly since hardy debuted in aew when he did the like mm. disappearing act with jericho yeah and that was See, what that, like april yeah that was that wasn't too long after wrestlemania i want to say but Go that ahead, feels please. like it was there was a lot of stuff that they did uh that you know was really damaged by not being in front of a crowd yeah and i feel like the hardy debut was they also had Brody lee debut mm -hmm. when he was supposed to debut in his hometown of rochester uh and they that oh yeah covid kind of messed that whole thing up and yeah, there's a lot of stuff that would have just, there's like a different, uh, had had the pandemic not been happening, I feel like uh, would have played out very differently, if that makes sense. Okay. I don't disagree, but mm -hmm. I was trying to go somewhere positive with this. Last oh, yeah, night, 
is the first time I'm like, you know what? I might actually watch this live because I do follow you. I do follow Semper Vivi. I follow a bunch of the wrestling people on Twitter, so I don't mm-hmm. feel like I need to watch. But I don't even like musicals. Last night's Jericho oh, yeah. <laughs> MJF thing. It's like, you know, maybe I got to watch because this is this is scratching a certain itch that yeah. the Thunderdome cannot, that a, that a normal wrestling match mm-hmm. cannot. The absurdity of it, the, the camp, the theater, I might be back in. Okay, that's good. That's really good. I, I mean, if you, yeah, I wish uh, I, I wish a lot of uh, other fans saw it the same way. I mean, if I'm going to tell people now that like I have a friend who was out and the MJF Jericho musical segment got got him back in, <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that I feel like are reacting kind of negatively to it. I thought it was, I mean, if you, I think if people don't like that. Um, that kind of thing that I don't know really why they're wrestling fans because the whole point is that it's you know fun and dumb and kind of campy and I mean obviously ma- matches and and displays of technical talent are are fun as well but sometimes you just need to have uh, two of your biggest stars doing a um, a musical number in a the middle of the show. song and dance <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so this is yeah, I thought it was great I was thinking about it and uh, it made me. I think like a lot of other people, it's like, oh, they're just doing Austin Angle Attitude Era stuff. Like they're making, they're doing fun musical stuff, which is fine. Like that makes it justifiable. There's a, there's a long, rich history of this, but even taking it further, it's like this, the modern wrestling thing that we know is entirely pomp and circumstance bullshit. The, uh, everything yeah. is based around Gorgeous George. Mm-hmm. Everything is based around him. And no one knows one of his wrestling moves because there really weren't any. But they do remember the the uh, the spray cologne thing and the robes which Ric Flair took, and people mm-hmm. being like mad at him because he looked a certain way. That's all this is. But then yeah. you get to tack on like Jericho's technically one of the best five workers of the last decade. Just mm-hmm. watch anything he did in New Japan. It's like oh wow, that's actually one of the best wrestlers of all time mm-hmm. doing a song and dance number. Absolutely. And he's an actual singer in a metal band, and he's more winded than the other guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think MJF has some uh, performing arts background as well from when he was a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's obviously like, yeah, you got Jericho, who's just like a legend and has been around for 25, 30 years, uh, has been on the on at the top of the card for most of that. Um, and then MJF, who's like a young rising star, I think he's only like, I don't know, he's like 20, he's younger than 25. I know that. Yeah. He's very young. Um, and yeah, just making them do this fun. And, uh, yeah. And you're right. The comparison to the Angle Austin thing is really appropriate because yeah, that is the kind of vibe they're going for. It's not, they're not doing like a song and dance number seriously. They're not doing it because they want to show off what good song and dance men they are. They're just doing it because it's fun and goofy and it's, yeah. Uh, eventually you know eventually it was going to go somewhere um yeah i liked it too another thing i loved about it is like maybe 20 seconds in there's a little pop-up chiron of a little bit of the bubbly jericho champagne now available yeah <laughs> love it yeah go go plug it you're always selling. so th- that's what i wanted to get to you're watching the product mm-hmm. i'm not watching the product this is now your yeah. job for someone yeah. like me for someone that used to love it but is becoming lapsed what mm-hmm. should, what might bring us back in during a global pandemic? Mm, good question. I mean, right now, 
so even though I said I was watching Dynamite over NXT, there's still a lot of good stuff going on on NXT. It's just that overall, I prefer the sort of production of Dynamite right now. Um, and even like Dynamite isn't is far from perfect at the moment as well. They 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 still have a lot of they're still figuring a lot of stuff out. They've done really well as like a sort of fledgling company. I mean, obviously they've got a lot of money behind them, but as a fledgling company, they've done really well to sort of. Um, I guess stay the course during this whole pandemic thing um but i think yeah it's kind of hard if you're trying to get someone back into it because you you have to like recommend so there's so much wrestling right now as well so much to choose from there's a lot of indie stuff going on i don't know if you heard anything about um this this thing called the collective which was like a group of like indie promotions that mm-hmm. decided to get together and uh help each other out and put on shows in different parts of the country that were like allowing people to put on shows, socially distanced shows. Um, but that was going really well. And then, and then surprise, surprise, they, they had a, a little uh, COVID outbreak, which is why Joey Janela had to pull out of um, dynamite last night. Cause he came in, he, he had a match with AJ gray who tested positive for COVID uh, at an indie show. Um, so yeah, it's like so. Okay, wait. Back to your original question. <laughs> Give me one positive I, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I would say overall, I would say like Dynamite is, even though even though there's still a lot of things to work out and they're still figuring stuff out and it's not perfect. I would say overall, it's a very entertaining show week to week, and they do have some long term booking plans clearly in place that WWE at this point can only fantasize about um but even and i don't want to sound like i'm completely shitting on wwe because there is still some good stuff on raw and smackdown like so you give said, me one you feud Ke- that you're enjoying uh on, in wwe it doesn't matter or okay so right now this is i think i might be going against the grain here but you know so you know how rusev's in AEW now as Miro. Know, yeah. um he's they're doing a thing with him at the moment where he is tagging with a, a british wrestler called kip sabian and really what it's so and they're feuding with the best friends chuck and trent okay and they're feuding because uh trent was thrown during a tag match someone threw trent into rusev uh, miro's arcade cabinet his arcade machine and he's really mad about that and there i feel like that sounds really dumb and it is dumb but the way that they're the way that rusev is uh, sorry miro is so entertaining that he's making this work and he's also giving the rub to Kip Sabian, who's someone that even though he's British, I was kind of so, so on for a for a long time. Um, he's giving him the rub and he's made, he's made Kip Sabian like way more entertaining just by, by association. Um, so I'm really into that right now. That's like one, definitely one of my favorite feuds on TV at the moment is the uh, Sabian Miro best friends feud. And I, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's gonna. They're gonna end up having a good blow off match in a couple of weeks, and then um, also Eddie Kingston. This is it's all AEW. Eddie Kingston is like one of the best things in wrestling at the moment. His actual like physical technical career is definitely like on the decline because he's been in the game for a long time, uh, but his mic work is still stellar and as best as it's ever the best it's ever been he's probably the best promo in the business right now and the way he's like blagged his way into a pay-per-view main event with dean dean uh john moxley is uh a joy to behold and i'm really excited for that match 
So just to show you my bona fides in wrestling, uh, do you know what September 26th is? Um, no. It's Rusev Day. Not that's so the mad. original Rusev oh, Day. Oh, that's the original Rusev Day. And it's day. been in my Google Calendar <laughs> since that Raw. Oh, that, that's great. So, yeah, did yeah, you I'm hear a, that? I'm a huge Rusev fan. I don't know if I care about actual Twitch streaming Miro. Yeah, so that's what I think. I think they will eventually start to um, phase that element of his character out. Um, he has his like the whole thing has been so weird, and it's not it's not how I would have debuted that person on a wrestling on a weekly wrestling show um, because he's sort of I think they've given him a little bit of creative control, and he's kind of part of this is his own input. But he's showing up in like uh, in you know like jogging bottoms and mm-hmm. and stuff. With his like bleach blonde hair, his very his character right now very much is Twitch streamer Miro, but he's also cutting some really good promos, better than any promo he cut in WWE or that they let him cut in WWE because they didn't really let him talk that much, and when they did it did it was very brief. Um, but yeah, I think I think the future. I mean, I I, look, I might be I could a couple of years down the line I could be eating my words and they could have dropped the ball on him completely, but I I'm excited to see what they do with him and I think. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. But Lana is still on Raw or SmackDown. She's still on. She's still with WWE. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't. I. I don't know that. I think maybe that it might be a good thing for him to to not have her by his side all the time. I'm sure eventually she'll end up there with him. But um, for now, I think it's pretty good to just for him to do his own thing. And Renee Young is out, and. Mm-hmm. Is CM Punk still involved with WWE? I think he's technically still okay. uh, has some freelance deal going on with Fox. Yeah, with Fox Sports. Um, yeah, so we'll you know we'll wait. I mean, he's been slagging off the product quite a bit online, but I mean, when when that's you know nothing new there. But he's, that means um, he's watching the product. Well, yeah, that means he's paying attention for sure. Is there anything in WWE that you're enjoying? um i'm gonna have to like think well yeah there's um there's a couple of people in nxt that i really like um and then on the main on the main show i like the hurt business which is a stable (laughs) which is a typical uh wwe stable where it's like (laughs) everyone is the same ethnicity (laughs) but it's uh bobby lashley Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, and they're just really uh, cool. They're just kind of like, they're just like a bunch of really cool, strong, tough guys uh, who are believable in the gimmick they've been given, which is like, I guess it's like black evolution, (laughs) but but yeah, it's really cool. And I like that right now. Uh, there's a couple other things, but off the top of my head, that's all I can remember. Kevin Owens is always good. Sami Zayn at the moment, who's doing this like commie, uh, commie mud show guy gimmick is always good. <laughs> so those are two men that are not from this country. You're not from this country. You are, mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of people I know, very online when it comes to Twitter and takes. Oh yeah, man. I'm extremely uh, online. Are you looking forward to what happens in two weeks if it doesn't turn out the way you want, are there any exit plans? No exit plans right now. I'm actually like, um, I don't think, I mean, I don't think I, it's, 
a bad thing for me to discuss any of this on a podcast. I actually am, I'm in the process of applying for citizenship right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that you think like, anyone that has any say in any type of, uh, if they hey grant man, anyone you, citizenships, listens to podcasts. This is a this is a a DC based podcast. You might you might have yeah, some. Yeah, they listen. Uh, D- they're twenty six minutes in. They're like, shut, shut up. He's going to talk about citizenship now. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, but they might. Have, they've got spyware that uh, can yeah, okay, it, it okay. can detect accents that say the word citizenship. <laughs> yeah, nothing you said on Twitter at all will get you in trouble. It'll be <laughs> oh man. You should you should see my drafts. <laughs> you should see the stuff I don't say because I'm I'm worried that they might kick me out. Um, yeah, so I'm applying for citizenship right now um it's kind of yeah it's kind of a long and exhausting process mm. i don't have any plans to leave regardless of how it goes because it's not much better back home to be honest um yeah so i, I mean, interviewed yeah, the, so. this director that works that lives in uh vancouver and she's like yeah well there's racism here there's stuff here i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah shut up america's number one at racism like how dare you say things aren't as good as they are in the UK? <laughs> yeah. we're killing we're the most one. people yeah. <laughs> we're number one um yeah i mean it's a different kind of it's like a different kind of racism yeah not as I bad mean, I, it is quite bad in the uk you know like it's you not- really want to go toe-to-toe racism who's worse the different. Well, I guess the the difference is here. The police have guns. Yeah, uh, that matters. More, yeah, I mean, but at least here you have some not racist people. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna go blanket. Right. There are more racist people, but there are fewer guns. Ipso per, facto, that's yeah, the difference. Per, per, cap, per capita, yeah. I think definitely it's a lot harder to. Ki- I feel like Americans as well are a lot more i don't know it's different because this country is like two countries right but and the 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 left-leaning side of this country is is much i would say the left-leaning side of the uk is way smaller than the left-leaning side of this country per capita and there's just a lot of like i don't know jingoism comes in many forms there's a lot of people in the uk that aren't um like when i was growing up certainly it wasn't the case that we were made aware of our awful, awful history. Um, and any, anytime you bring up the fact that uh, we, you know, if the history of the world was a movie, the UK, Britain would be the bad guys. People get very sensitive about that. Um, and eventually everything ends up coming back to the second world war and the blitz spirit and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like at least in this, at least in my experience in America, I mean, to be fair, I've only lived in like, you know, fairly liberal areas but people are a lot more aware of uh you know you know european colonialism and its badness yeah but they're also denying slavery in a lot of parts of the country that's true Uh, we did yeah i mean the uk did end it um yeah european countries did end it a lot uh, way sooner than uh, the usa that's true yeah so and the ramifications of that are I don't know if it's more important than colonialism, just as bad. Like, it's not good. No, for sure, definitely. But it's just weird because, like, yeah, I don't know, man. America is like, um, America has its own imperialism thing going on, even to this very day. Um, But Britain's crimes (laughs) uh, spread very, very far (laughs) to every corner of the world. And there's a lot of country. It's just crazy to me. Xenophobia in the UK is rampant, especially if all you have to do is open a newspaper in England to, and you'll see something 
nine out of 10 newspapers will have something about how we should be bombing uh, migrant boats crossing to, uh, to, to the UK. Like it's rampant. But the reason these people are leaving these countries is because we fucked it up in the first place, but nobody wants to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so anyway, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, like you're doing a shoot interview about your homeland. Oh yeah, man. Don't, oh man, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Um, <laughs> it's just getting worse as well, man. It's getting like Brexit made everything worse. Well, that's the, the thing. Last I, I unfortunately will always think of Brexit and you together, not because you're British, but because we were together the night, <laughs> the same, the night of, yeah. of Brexit. <laughs> you and I were on stage at the Kennedy Center and we talked about this and it was June of 2016. So I will mm -hmm. always associate Brexit and the 2016 U.S. election with you for obvious reasons. And, and there's another friend of mine, Meredith, who I also associated for. And it, I feel bad because like whenever I think of you two, I, I think of you negatively. <laughs> I know. Well, it has also, nothing I was, to do. I was it's so, not your fault. Yeah, I was so quietly confident that night as well. No. Um I think there was like a there was like five percent of me that had had some doubts, and it's to say it was weird because obviously uh, those same feelings would be replicated a, a few months later. Yeah. Um, on this side, but yeah, since then, the, I mean, yeah, there's been nothing. I, like I like like I've said, I've got no desire to move back anytime soon. Maybe if Jeremy Corbyn had won, which he did not <laughs> categorically, um, maybe then I would have thought about it. But yeah, no no desire to go back there. If you could yet. live anywhere in the world right now, where would you live? Probably New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Probably. You're the first person that answered that honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Was it Canada just, or something? People just think no. I want to do Canada. That's where I would go. Oh. Canada. A number one. Mm -hmm. Um, probably Toronto because I like they have the major sports and it's not that far from mm. here or Chicago and major airports and you could drive there you could drive there and also like mm -hmm. Drake won't let that economy fail and that sounds like a joke but <laughs> no <laughs> um, sure. I love 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 Vancouver it's just so far west if I were where mm -hmm. you are now I would pick Vancouver yeah, I've actually never been to Vancouver, and I would love to go, and I hope to be able to visit there one day. And New Zealand um, seems like heaven. Yeah, New Zealand's weird because it's like it's like England, but uh, in the South Pacific, and uh, with less people, <laughs> with fewer people, and um, they just have like a, they seem to have a pretty competent prime minister, which is more than you can say for uh, most countries right now. Yeah and um yeah i mean not even just because of the covid thing which they by many accounts have handled better than anywhere else which i mean they like it's obviously a small isolated uh country so it might have been a little bit easier for them but not even just that just that it just is a looks i've never been but it looks like a beautiful country i really like kiwis um the every time you, you see a picture of like a town in new zealand it just looks like a british town yeah um and then i've got like a couple i got one of my best friends like my former housemate who i used to live with for a little while in back in england he lives there he's lived there for like i don't know he's lived there basically the same amount of time that i've been here so like eight years or so mm -hmm. so i can go hang out with him um yeah new zealand man i want to go new zealand yeah do that i wonder what the wrestling scenes like over there they, well, they, send all the, they have the they internet <laughs> there's no wrestling yeah, scene everyone's got covid they send all their wrestlers to uh, to the UK. Yeah, there's no wrestling scene anywhere. It's just COVID. Yeah, that's COVID true. tapings that you watch online and get to paid to write about. Yeah, 
not a bad life, is it? No, for you, it's not. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting that n- none of the things that you said about the the racism in the UK are like new, yet you were convinced mm-hmm. Brexit wasn't going to happen. I know, and that makes me feel very dumb in hindsight because now, yeah, that you're right. That that because when I look back on my quiet confidence pre-brexit i'm just like what the fuck were you thinking of course it was going to happen yeah although i still believe that like i still believe that if maybe if more people had voted um and that if you know if you take out cambridge analytica and dominic cummings and some of the more insidious elements of that campaign that it might have it probably would have gone the other way um but even so, I feel like there are a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot, like that doesn't necessarily mean that, I don't, I'm not saying that everyone who voted, no, there are people who voted remain who are also racist, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> it hundred percent makes sense. And yeah. also it's, it's no different than what, what draws me to wrestling. It's like, but that is part of the game. The lying and the cheating, that is legitimately part of the thing. Why aren't you mm-hmm. lying and cheating to help your side? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, yeah, I agree, and I think the same thing about Democrats. <laughs> I'm like, <Yeah>. stop playing nice. <laughs> it's that, it's this the very basic happening. and obvious thing where I'm like, I I went on a lot of radio shows. I went, I wrote a lot of articles in 2016. I didn't do anything of that for 2020 because nothing is new. Because all I was saying the entire time was with the wrestling comparison with the Donald and uh, being in the WWE Hall of Fame and blah blah blah. blah. It's like all Russia could do. All anybody could do is remind you that this dude is racist and that this dude is sexist. That's all they could do. Yeah, exactly. And all that is doing is appealing to people that are racist and sexist. So, what are you appeal what are you doing to appeal to them or anybody else? Yeah. That's really what it is. I don't know. What I'm yeah, always going to say is is Hulk Hogan was always the bad guy and Piper was always a good guy, except for that one time he did like half black, half white. That was yeah. a bad <laughs> yeah, when he did the, the 50% blackface. <laughs> what? That makes it 50% less bad than normal blackface. Jesus Christ. 